We're all still googling from us being doofuses before the recording. Uh, you mean well, from Steve's excellent, yeah. excellent Vanna White handwork? Yes, yes, uh, and and application of American Sign Language uh, that we were all very proud of and impressed of, impressed by. Hi, everyone. I'm DM Nathan. I am once again here at the helm at the USS Reckless Attack, which is not, unfortunately, a fully equipped battleship, but is indeed a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Once again, I am joined by my excellent, beautiful, slap-happy, probably, players for yet another whirlwind adventure. Across the table from me is... Oh, God, I'm usually never first. Yeah, I got you this time. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, and I'm having a good time. Yeah, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) And across the table from me... Hi. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana Domain, and I, Sophie, am now just thinking about the USS Armitage. Yeah, our old apartment. <laughs> our old apartment and an old refrigerator box. To my left! Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog... And his trusty frog... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great, yeah. yes. And his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I am excited to announce to you all our new Patreon goal. If we hit 100 patrons, we will purchase a fully equipped battleship. <laughs> Name it the USS Reckless Attack. Be sure to check out our latest tier of, yeah. of support, which is $1 million every a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't get anything bonus, but maybe you'll get to get a ride on our battleship. Yeah. And across the table from me. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am not playing Valeska, Cass, or Checkers. Good. I am, in fact, playing Zelv Asterlin, the Dragonborn Monk, who is glad to be relaxing <laughs> outside. Yeah. In a grove. And mm-hmm. not in a horrible house. Trying not to in eat a you. horrible yeah. house. <laughs> is that, is that what we were building towards? <laughs> yes. That is, that, that we... is hashtag life goals. Yes. Are we ever going to get Zelv in a house again? Yeah. <laughs> like any, any, he might not go building. back to the city. Yeah. <laughs> not, not. <laughs> First. <laughs> yes, fair. We find our adventurers uh, chilling in a field. <laughs> hey, we should really start more. No, I, like I prefer to think of us as outstanding in our field. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and in the field of adventuring and saving the world and the city and other stuff and petting uh, small baby donkeys. One mm. hody at a time. One hody at a time. You all are actually in the field grove of a dryad who has approached you all for help. Some mortal, some time ago, relatively recently, you gather, opened up some sort of portal to the elemental plane to summon some sort of strange water plant creature from it and did not bother to close the door behind them, so to speak. Now, it is causing instability in this grove. The Dryad has promised that if you help by providing a little bit of kind of emotion and memory to a ritual that will happen in two days, 
she will reward you for your time and troubles by scooching you through her grove as quickly as she can. What is it that you guys do, either on the first day or across the days? Val takes care of her feet. (laughs) (laughs) No trench foot for Val. Val heeds the words of Lieutenant Dan. Yes. Self will occasionally just play the flute a little bit just to, to relax a little. And I know Cast would be at least partially interested in some sparring. So they'll be doing that kind of intermittently throughout the day. Yeah, there's, there's probably like a good bit of relaxing, like kind of unpacking everything, knowing that we're going to be here for a while and making like as much of a shelter as we can. And then I'm imagining on like the morning of the second day during Cell's normal practice time, Kastrin is joining him. And we're kind of going through like a like a taekwondo form or, or some sort of, you know, like kind of yeah. like a movement like that. And we're at the we're point. We're running through katas. Yeah, exactly. And we're like practicing like the proper form for a punch because Kaskin has like hit people before, but it, you know it's just like he uses too much of his shoulder, not enough like hip rotation. Right, and, and you can you, know? you can really get away with a lot when your your forearms are made of rock. Yeah, you could really just kind of just throw hands around, and it'd be pretty effective. But yeah, it's yeah. good to have a little form. Yeah, but self has practice. He has finesse. Yes, and like halfway through this training, as we're like standing next to each other doing the same motion over and over again, it's Selv and then Kaskrin, and then all of a sudden there is a small fortunate boy, Mango, <laughs> who's joined in in the punching practice and is taking his small frog fist and is uh, rotating his hips accordingly <laughs> to generate power. Now, I, Jonathan, I yes. have to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, A, is Checkers involved in this at all? Checkers is not. No, okay. this is entirely of Mango's own volition. I assumed. Follow-up question. How good is Mango at standing on two legs? <laughs> Enough to to do punches. I'm going to roll for it. Okay. He is 18 good. Ooh. <laughs> so quite good at actually he he can stand on his two legs long enough to do a quick punch. Like he's he's getting the hang of it after a while. I'm not even imagining that he's like standing up. He's like still on three legs and just like has one arm raised in the air and like rotates his entire frog body. And and alternates arms. So the other arm goes down, the yeah. next one These comes are up. all good options. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you, dear listener, can write your own fanfic about this moment. <laughs> Show us the fan art. Is he standing on two legs? Is he standing on three legs? That is up to you. <laughs> I think Checkers spends this opportunity to do a couple different things. Um, he's kind of stuck in the one spot, so he's kind of limited <laughs> on how many things he can really do. Which is death to checkers, yeah, it, I, I mean, wager. Yeah, after a certain point. But he spent some time catching up on homework, so he works with Val a little bit, just, again, like, trying to write the cursive or something. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand how to do this L. What's the weird, like, W, the capital W? How do I do that? Well, wait till you see a capital Z. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's advanced cursor. We haven't gotten you there yet. You're not right. ready. Mm-hmm. Right. So he spends a little bit of time with uh, Valeska that way. And then in the afternoon also, he does a little bit of practicing with Selv after his morning routine. And I'm thinking of this as like Checkers is busy like setting up traps in the area with a bunch of rope and other stuff that he has in his pack. And he's asking Selv like, hey, do you see that one? Do you see that one? Just kind of like double checking 
you know, how well hidden are these traps? Because he knows that Selv is the most <laughs> perceptive out of all of us. So he's, uh, he's stress testing his own traps. Love that. I imagine Checker's asking Selv if he sees that. And before Selv can respond, Val has like walked into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like smacked with a reed. Yeah. <laughs> just pacing around nose in a book and just yeah. wham. <laughs> and uh, after a certain point, Checker's gets so bored. And this is like, you know, afternoon of the second day. Oh, no. I mean, that's pretty good for (laughs) checkers, I would say. Like, second day, afternoon? I was thinking it would be like three hours. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what I was thinking, too. So that's good for him. He puts Junior, just like all of a sudden, checkers just like bolts upright, puts (laughs) Junior on top of Kaskrin's head, and then just like sprints into the reeds. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, checkers is using this opportunity. Like, he knows he'll get lost immediately as soon as he goes into those reeds. But he's like, this is a good way for him to kill a couple hours and see if he can find his way back. Just kind of like testing his own survival instincts and like see if he can navigate his way through this magical grove. Roll me a survival check. 25. Ooh. You get the sense that... After the first little bit uh-huh. of you running around, just kind of willy-nilly, and what appears to be a normal, albeit lightly horrifying, f- feel, you start feeling like things are being put in your way. Like where a root wasn't suddenly is right as you are stepping into kind of a vulnerable position. And wait, where did that patch of mud just suddenly come from? Mm-hmm. And it becomes very clear to you, especially with that role, uh-huh. that like, wait a second. I think this dryad is fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, then it turns into kind of an obstacle course yeah. for checkers uh-huh. as this dryad is kind of increasingly giving you more and more intense shit yeah. to deal with Okay. Uh, okay. over the course of however long you are out there. But you are able to handle all of it. And it kind of turns into a, a weirdly fun exercise. Agmarian druid warrior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Jonathan. Uh-huh. What obstacle, if any, would be checkers like, I'm going to turn back now. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's true. Because it would be it would be over the course of three hours. It would just be escalating. Like it wouldn't. What's the what's the DC twenty seven survival just, check? I, you need I to see have. all of a sudden checkers gets to a, a like a corridor in the reeds where it's just open, and you just see snake heads come out and just go yeah. like all along the corridor. So he's got to like 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 the chomping uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like things. Yeah. My thought was he hears the cry of that terrifying. Like ostrich, ostrich yeah. Yeah. he made. I just imagine like it's the same cry, but it's just made through the reeds blowing in the wind, <laughs> or just what? But yeah, what is it? What is the thing? And again, I'm not saying you fail at anything, yeah, because you rolled so well and you have been such the master of this exercise. But yeah, what is the thing that Checkers is like? I think I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm imagining this is like at the beginning, maybe the dryad tries to be more subtle of yes, like, absolutely, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, and eventually it ramps up to a point where it's, you know, it, again, it's very obvious the dryad is just like throwing things at along, checkers. It's just hucked yeah. <laughs> into your way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just moving full trees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like the reeds like curl up and fling a whole <laughs> trunk of a tree or, at checkers, or, or, or they just form up into like uh, figures, like with weapons. <laughs> They're just like literally blocking yeah. your path. Yeah. No, I, I think something like 
a huge like log just sort of starts flying at checkers and he like jumps over the first one and just barely <laughs> like barely manages to dodge the second one and he sees like a third one start yeah. coming at him and he's like oh okay I see what you're doing here alright I'm done <laughs> alternatively it's like a giant tree branch but a giant tree branch covered in the ex- unexploded pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's just escalating yeah. ever much and as as you kind of make the decision like oh you, you say i'm imagining you are saying this yeah. out loud oh yeah is you don't hear a, you don't hear a response mm-hmm. but you would swear as you hear these reads maybe you hear a laugh yeah kind of just imperceptively in the reeds going back and forth, and then and then when you turn around to head back to the uh, the grove, you find out you've only gone about forty feet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, and then you turn around to head back, and then you're there. Yeah, I, w- I walk two steps, and I'm in the clearing. I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, in addition to helping Checkers with his packets and cursive writing, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Val will catch up on notes and take some time to just journal and really try and process the events of the previous couple nights like what happened in her mind palace and with Bakri she will spend a lot of time crafting like a full 50 words to her mom to just explain what happened knowing that her mom will try to research and get her answers but give her mom as much detail as possible and is this detail on the dryad on the portal on like what are you spending your 50 words she's spending her 50 words only on what happened in her mind and bakri um she is noting everything down with the dryad but we'll save that for later and she'll also actually ask like call the dryad and try to have conversation and see if they are open to more questions about their territory, their grove, like themselves and Val being conscious of asking the questions in a way where it's clear she's coming from a place of curiosity and not of I am trying to like size you up kind of thing. So first from your mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, it is, I'm glad Vakri's okay. Mm-hmm. And has come back. Tell him I say hi. <laughs> and doesn't quite have the words to express it. And maybe actually would send you sendings back. I'm imagining your mom might be able to do that. Mm. Um, or have access to someone who might call in a favor, that kind of thing. Whatever. When you explain in the briefest of terms that you can of what Vakri told you, your mom, kind of all she can say is, this is new information. I will bring it to the appropriate scholars mm-hmm. and see what we can learn. This is huge. Yeah, that will, she sent that like late the first night and just kind of sits with that. And then, kind of before turning in for the night, she will go to the fortunate and 
set up a table at whatever height <laughs> the fortunate is stuck in the reeds at. Standing position. <laughs> it is stock still standing position. Yeah. Just like, oh, hey. Hey. Um, and Val will put five gold worth of copper on the table. Whoa. <laughs> Just be like. Hefty stack. Well, she's like, I will be good at this game. And Val uh, prepares to lose five gold worth of copper to the fortunate to be better at uh, cards. Okay, let me think about this. Is the fortunate, is are they someone who'd be like, let me see your hand and let me, you know, we can kind of walk through it. Val? But I've decided that is not what the fortunate. Yeah, the fortunate Va- would be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Val is like, I will, in this instance, this is trial by fire, learning by throwing yourself yeah. fully into it and... Val will look at like when the fortunate wins, what their hand was, and be like, "Oh, okay." Like try to figure it out more that way. Yeah, and I think the way that the fortunate would teach you would not be to ask you like, "Well, you know, oh, okay, so here's what I was seeing or whatever." Mm-hmm. The fortunate is so so enjoys the practice of gambling and of winning, and but but mostly kind of the act of doing it. Yeah. Um, not even for stakes. And this is things that the fortunate would tell you is that it's the fortunate would say, like, it's not really about it's not really about winning like a lot. It's about just winning, you mm-hmm. know, and playing and about kind of the guessing and the and and that. I, but um, so I uh, I won that hand as well. <laughs> um, so what uh, were you thinking when you bid on? Let me guess a pair of twos, right? How did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but would be asking more of like, you explain what you saw mm-hmm. and think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Without it, like, would maybe, like, the fortunate is like cagey. Yeah. In a, not in a mean way, but in a like, well, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. Right. But like, I'll. I'm going to tell you you're an idiot and you should rethink that, that strategy. I'll, I'll, I'll point out, oh, that's an interesting, interesting choice you made. I wouldn't have made that choice. Yeah, that's, that's, I wouldn't yeah. have yeah. that you but did. Yeah. But it's good for you. You can <laughs> see, and, and the fortunate, like, at some point, I don't know, recruits Junior or something yeah. to flip cards <laughs> over for yeah. them. And, oh, are they know, like fully like? Yes. Yeah, yeah, ball, yes. Bound that's, hands what, that's, too? that's what I was going to oh. say. Is like hundred percent. I thought they were just like bound to like no, the weight. Not anymore. Oh. Not anymore. It what I escalated. what I was imagining was that somebody else would play the fortunate, and Val would be behind the fortunate to do the cards See, that's to know what, what the strategy is for. That's oh. what the fortunate was pondering, uh, and decided. No, I think. I think I'm gonna also Junior's be beating. Dexterous enough. That's yeah, what I mean. Is I feel sure. like Jun- like Junior would be flipping over, and so it'd be like, "Well, that's an interesting cho- choice you made." Um, here's what my cards are, and you know, would kind of be teaching you through through experience, yeah, and beating the shit out of you <laughs> as per usual. I hope that in like a year of this, Junior is just a master at three dragons. <laughs> Not even a master at the game, but like a master dealer. Oh, like yeah. is is now running his oh, own yeah, table. He's, he's, yeah. He stands on top of the cards and just is like, yeah, exactly. I'm just imagining at like you know Agmar festivals, the Golden Tree Guild like booth is just Junior. It's just yeah. running, junior card running cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> canon <laughs> yeah i mean we'll see what the next day of returning looks like yeah. for you guys um and so you you also talk to the dryad eventually and really just you kind of just how do you how do you like summon them or it, you know reach Val, out i guess 
Wood in Sylvan kind of just quietly, like, should kind of stand by the edge of the clearing and quietly in Sylvan ask, uh, pardon me, the field that resides here, I was wondering if you had time to talk. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. Next to you, you notice the dryad. Mm-hmm. And the dryad says, um, yeah, sure. We don't have to like role play it or anything. I just like Val wants to know more about about them and dryads in general and kind of the history of their their grove. Give me a charisma check. Rick. Oh, guide. You can guide. Yeah, you can guide yourself. Just very casually weave a prayer in <laughs> as you're as you're chatting. I would just I hope that I find the knowledge that I see. Yeah. Mhm. And the dry's like, what? <laughs> 16? Yeah, that's pretty good. Can it be a saving throw? <laughs> no. Damn. <laughs> no, but that is good. The dryad would actually start to talk to you and would do so still kind of a little bit aloof, mm-hmm. but is kind of forthcoming with answers and talks about they've been like their grove has been in existence for quite a while have been here but haven't seen mortals in some time other than really just you and the one who came before and before that it's been forever but one thing that your charisma check eventually does get you Mm -hmm. is the dryad mentions that they asked around about you about Val or about the guild or about us uses the word you but you get it to mean 
you guys. The, the royal you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Most had no idea who you were, but some some did. It's very interesting. I assume you heard good things as we are still welcome here. Surprisingly, I did. Though, to be clear, I didn't need it to have been all good things. I need you to help me close the portal. It's nice that it was good things, though. We are a group who strive to help. Sounds like you did. These groves are very precious to us. It is us. And helping protect them is no small thing. There are creatures prowling outside of my out of my grove. Very loud. The howling ones. Yes. They seem very intent. I will not let them in. Thank you. But I can do more than that. If you agree to do something for me, then I will ensure that they turn around. You see, new dryads are few and far between. And so, if you would be willing to plant a clipping near wherever it is that you came from, that would be a great service. Val will pull out the map she's made Mm -hmm. and show the dryad where they came from. You can tell it doesn't mean a lot to them. Like, they kind of look at it and they see that your finger moves where you're like, we're here right now Mm -hmm. and we're from over here. And they kind of take in that information, but what's important is that it's a different place. They don't seem to really grasp the idea of a map or of these Mm -hmm. kind of abstractions. Yes, that seems like a goodly distance. What is a good area for a grove? Somewhere nice. Water is nice, but not required. Ideally, somewhere without too many trees gets muddled and I'd really like another field dryad (laughs) okay may I talk to the group before accepting of course just let me know before you leave of course the night sky shines clear above you for the first time in days while it is dark because it is a new moon and there is no light reflecting, you still see all the stars up above you. After a little while, after you've settled down, suddenly the dryad appears before you and says, it is time. Are you ready? We are. Follow me. Presumably, the four of you start walking. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can feel a little bit under your feet. And maybe you've noticed this the longer you've been here. But you can kind of feel the grass move under you. And almost like a 
a pedestrian walkway. Yeah, I was going to say the movie walkway. Just a little bit. It's a little less dramatic and beautiful than I was hoping it would be, but unfortunately, Mm. that is what it's like. We we get a Sylvan voice that's just like, you are approaching the end of the hallway. (laughs) Unfortunately, none of you but Val understand it, so most of you fall flat on your face. Or, or, you know, we get to the ravine, it's like, mind the gap. Yeah. (laughs) And you return to this pool. Even since you have been gone this last day and a half, you can see the area of this strange cycle of intense life, intense death, intense rebirth has spread. And you can feel it a little bit now. You see this pool of water. You see the glowing kind of dark blue-green light at the bottom of this small pool. You see the tree. And you see these scales. You all kind of look around at this scene. And you look around at each other. As the dryad is kind of walking forward and kind of gesturing to stand on either side of them. And you catch glimpses of each other. And you all look a little older. A little more gray. A couple wrinkles. And you feel it is what's not great. What does a very old grung look like? I need to ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I'm thinking like Yoda. Kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just Your like, hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yep. I mean, Catherine just came out of the womb like square and old. So he's just going to stay yeah. that way for like 50 years. Yep. That's, I mean, is not wrong. Beard longer. Yes. No. <laughs> is that no. the only visible difference? Is casting? Yeah. It's just well, it, it, it thins out, which is well, like maybe Ooh. in dwarves it might actually just get thicker until yeah. you die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you all are feeling older, even as you approach. The dryad again motions you, kind of confidently around the pool, and with effort, kind of stands on its withered leg and raises both of its arms, one normal, one overgrown, and struggles and raises them up as best as they can and begins chanting not in Sylvan, but in another language. And you, Val, would catch a couple of words. Just, again, it's a little bit because it's kind of one of those sister language things where it's descended where you're like, oh, I tried to cover as many languages because you told me some sister languages I could kind of understand. Exactly. And I really tried to clear the board. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> you catch and the words, is... uh, sacrifice, uh, these four. <laughs> dumb, <laughs> dumb mortals. Yes. Mortals. Uh... Meat bags, yeah. etc. But all of you can feel the magic in these words. The only difference that you kind of get, Val, is you get the distinct impression that spell isn't being cast but almost instructions are being given where it is it is dictating reality more than some sort of rote prayer or something read off of a scroll is that this is the application of an old ancient language of power that mortals do not know and have not known in generations, centuries, etc. 
I know my chances of this are very, very small. Yep. But I would like to try to, if there is a prominent phrase or if she like raises her voice before speaking something, I would like to try to remember at least a small phrase or a few words of, of what she's saying. Okay. Give me, I will take, I'll be charitable. I'll be charitable. Look at what a nice DM I am. <laughs> Bear witness. Because I will, I will ask for an insight check to kind of read the tone and tenor. But it, like you said, it will be hard, not just because it's an alien language, but also because it is being said by an alien creature. And their intonations might be a little different than your mere mortal intonations. Gotcha. Would I be able to offer assistance? How how would you how would you do that? By using kind of the sister language Val does know mm-hmm. to like break up the words. Like you know how if you don't know a language you might just like combine the sounds mm-hmm. together, but Val would be like this is like where the words split and it's actually like two words there instead of one word. So I will say you can assist him in applying kind of what he learns kind of after the fact, but for him picking up on the specific phrase, Mm -hmm. he would have to do that alone. But then again, you afterwards, if he succeeds, will have a lot better chance at helping him really parse. Oh, you heard this thing. What that actually is, is these things and how to apply. So, um, I'm going to use an inspiration. You can't cast guidance. No, 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 I'm going to use inspiration. Yeah, that's this is this is an excellent time to do that. Nice. I am very jazzed and horrified at what is happening. And just just uh, so that's advantage. Yes. yes? Okay. Whew. All right. Here we go. A 14 and a 17 on the die, which gives me a total of 23 for insight. You have a vague idea. What you pick up, there are a couple of phrases that get repeated a few times. You didn't quite get it. But, depending on subsequent research, rolls, etc., I'll put it this way. Be sure you remember that you rolled that well. And we'll see how it goes. Hands wave. And you see the portal start to glow a little bit more intently. These words, these strange alien words that still somehow strike some chord in you are repeated over and over and over with no real discernible effects. This goes on for some time. And then the dryad turns to you all as her hands continue waving and says... Please, offer your intention. Checkers is looking at his reflection in the pond and staring at an older version of himself. And that gets him thinking a lot about the first time that he did any sort of real adventuring with the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. And he's been on plenty of adventures before, but there was just something that stuck in his mind about the last training mission that we all went on before we were all going to be sent off to Agmar and settling a new guild hall. And he remembers distinctly that moment where it it flipped 
from being a, a training mission that we all thought was going to be perfectly safe and controlled and just kind of this last final test of our skills to something that had gone off the rails, something that had gone terribly wrong in a way. And we suddenly found ourselves in a dangerous situation with no real plan and no one to rely on except ourselves and the other people around us. That moment is stuck in his mind because that was the, the moment where he was like, oh, this is what being an adventurer is about. It's about going to these different places and and having to figure out what to do and relying on the people around you. And that, that feeling really stuck with him. You, you can always rely on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So how does how does Checkers like how does Checkers express that? Because I'm imagining you guys kind of talked about your game plan of like, let's explore this memory, you know? Uh-huh. So like what does Checkers say about that? You know, what's his kind of offering? I think between his memories and the reflection of himself in the pond, he offers a feeling of wonder, of yeah. excitement and of what's the word of looking forward yeah of anticipation, of, anticipation yeah. of his life and his life with the golden tree of all the adventures that they'll get up to in the next coming years and how much fun he'll have if he stays with the people around him mm-hmm. after that Valeska will start talking and say in that same mission, I it felt as though I was able to be me. And be me is not a member of the illustrious Atheum, but be me outside of that realm and belong to a chosen family, a new part of myself that was forged through training missions and then all of a sudden not a training mission where we had to work as one and rely on each other, just as you said, checkers, and that feeling of trust and safety in the unknown because I was with you all was a phenomenal feeling in the midst of horrible spider people. So Selv is going to kind of look at look at everybody and kind of stroke his longer fur, <laughs> uh, chin fur, kind of take a, a deep breath and stand up straight. And, um, Look up into the uh, at the sky. Our first training mission. Ever since our encounter in the desert with the um, sand sharks, I had a feeling that um, you all would prematurely age me. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I knew from that moment that. Um, that was the first time that we really worked together in a situation that was not controlled. And I knew that we were coming together as a group and friends. And from that point on, 
I knew that I would be with all of you until essentially I looked like this. <laughs> I thought it would be a little bit later, but um, well, here we are. That first mission out of Rachma was the beginning of a new chapter in my life, truly. It was the first time I had left Lotros, the first time I had decided to become an adventurer. But it wasn't until that mission where we fought together, we, we succeeded together, that I felt like I had truly stepped into something new. That I had a family that I could trust in all of you. And that I was on to different and better things. Without all of you, without having that trust, I don't think that my life would be as amazing as it is now. So he radiates that sense of of awe, of trust and friendship, and the expectation of what's to come. As you offer up not just these memories, but the feelings and meanings behind them, you see the portal flash yellow, and you lose consciousness. But then you wake up. It is still night. Maybe it feels like you were only out for a moment. Maybe you blinked. And you look down at yourselves and you're now the young version of yourselves. Children. Whatever that means. And you see that in each other. And the dryad says, These intentions were enough. And you all see each other continuing to age. And now it's happening faster. And as you guys are kind of rounding into pretty close to your age right now, a shadow moves across the portal. Like something is blocking it for a moment. And you all see a giant golden claw reach from out of the portal and up through this pond and you see it go down onto the side of the water and dig talons deep into the fertile ground and in a way that bends your mind a little bit you see another extend out followed by a giant reptilian head golden with spikes and fins going all down its back giant teeth intelligent golden eyes as a dragon looks at you all appraises you sees the dryad sees what is happening and you all hear a low rumble of strange speech 
that Selv can probably understand most of. And Val can understand most of. But this is not Draconic. This is Hydraconic. Because this is the ancient language of dragons. And the two of you understand something along the lines of... I have answered the call. And it looks down at you all. And it digs one claw into the ground, kind of at the edge of the pool, and digs in another one. And starts to rip up the scales, just as if it was one sheet. And in that moment, you all lose consciousness again just for a moment and when your eyes open the glowing is gone and there is a pool standing peacefully under the new moon as you all are presumably the first people on Rixia to have seen a dragon in centuries and that is where we'll end this week's episode. Boom! What? <laughs> I was, I See was... you next week, idiots. Ah! <laughs> See you next week. I forgot to ask this last time, but how big are these scales? Big. Okay, so they're not they're not just like like you know a mm. few inches across. They're it's not new. cell size. It's, they it's are like shield shield size or not quite large hand size at minimum. Okay. Okay. Like shack hand size. Pro- yeah, that's probably a good way to put <laughs> okay. it. Shack hands. Yeah. <laughs> the classic measurement. Classic shack hands. Shack hands. <laughs> Is it one foot or one shack? Yeah. Foot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>